We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, y'all. It's Vaughn Harris here with another, with another Panther Rants podcast. It's Wednesday, hump, hump day, obviously. And um, tomorrow we got a matchup. I guess Pitt has some unfinished businesses tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern Time. Central, if you, if you live, you know, if you live in the Central Time. Pitt uh, will be at home against uh, North Carolina. In hopes they can break the hex against North Carolina, you know, being them. But if you look at the history of Pitt, North Carolina, and football, North Carolina for some reason always beats Pitt. Not sure how it happens, it just does. You know, I remember the 2000 season when Pitt, you know, people thought Pitt was going to win that game and they just magically lost that game as well. And I don't know what it is with North Carolina, you know, we just find ways to lose to them. I mean, they own, they own pretty much the series. In the last three years, obviously, haven't been great either. There's been some close games, you know. For one thing, you know, in the final year, Paul Christ, you know, we had that we had the game where pretty much whoever had the ball last was going to score, and fortunately it was North Carolina, and it was a high-scoring game. Pitches could not stop them. Then the next year we were at Hines, and Pitt was 6-1, and one, and Pitches could not get off on the right foot in that game. But by the time I did, it was too late. Then, of course, this past year, last year, obviously, Pitt lost in the final seconds, despite dominating most of the game. And Panner Doozy made a quote that got some people triggered, uh, as, if we, as if that word has become such a popular word these days. Uh, he said, basically, if they don't have Trubinsky, they don't beat us. And people, you know, saw it as arrogance. But me, I call it as seeing it as the god-awful truth because what happened here was with Pitt, you know, in that final drive, Trubinsky, he converted three, you know, three big fourth downs. I mean, he just pulled, just pulled it out of his ass pretty much. And you just, you know, by the last, you know, conversion, you had you just had to laugh at yourself because he just kept doing it. Not sure how I kept doing it, but he just did it. So that ended that. So this year, North Carolina is a little different. Well, Switzer's gone. So is Trubisky. And Trubisky obviously was number one pick, and we can see why now after watching him. But this year for North Carolina has been a disastrous season. They're one and eight. Obviously, they lost you know, some, a lot of their talent. They've had a lot of injuries this year as well, and you know they're just battle of you know bad all around. I mean, you have people that still compare them to Pitt, and you know statistic wise, people say they're no different than Pitt on defense. But Pitt's been playing a lot better on defense the last few games. 
But yeah, North Carolina's one and eight, and their only win they own is uh, a win over Old Dominion. That's about it. Uh, they had some close calls. I mean, they they lost by five to Cal, the, the Cal, twelve to Louisville in a shootout, lose by ten to Duke, Georgia Tech destroyed them, set in Notre Dame, UVA beats them by six, Virginia Tech beats them by 50, 52 points, and they had a close call with Miami, but now they have Pitt. So this is kind of a put up or shut up game. Put up or shut up game for Pat Narduzzi. Actually, the last three games for Pitt is pretty much put up or shut up. Because, you know, if he wants to show us some sort of lifeline, here it is. But the game itself, Pitt should have this one. North Carolina's defense is horrible against the ground game. So Pitt should have no problem establishing the run against North Carolina. And that probably, obviously, the, the key thing is to do that. And they probably obviously will because I, I can't see Pitt coming out and throwing, out, throwing the football with the passing game that we have. I mean, I, I mean Ben DiNucci is doing all he can. I get that. But, he, you know, that's just, that's just it. I mean, that's all he can do really. And it doesn't make him a bad player. I mean, he just he's limited right now. And so, really, Pitt's going to have to stick to the ground game. Unless, you know, Sean Watson, you know, drops some ass and decides he wants to throw the, go out, come out throwing the football. We've seen that. We've seen that not with Sean Watson been in the past where the logical thing for Pitt was to run the ball and they just decide to throw it instead. Like, they're, they were just so damn stubborn about it. I mean, Matt Cavanaugh, shoot, we had some pretty uh, interesting ones with him where, you know, where the, where, the, where the logical thing was to hand the ball to LaShawn McCoy at the goal line and instead he would just throw a fade pass. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina, there's not much to look at. I mean, statistically, they're no different than us. We got more wins. It's just that they suck against the run. They suck at stopping the run. The passing game has been on offense. Their passing game has been pretty lackluster. And their only bright spot really is their running game. And that's about it. So they're kind of so, you know, they're kind of somewhere else on the way. Yeah, they are, especially on offense too. But with them, they've shuffled four quarterbacks around. Whereas we've only had the shuffle, let's see, Pickett, Danucci, and Max Brown. I don't think I missed anybody else. But uh, I see Pitt winning this game, and this is probably a time for Pat Narduzzi. If he wants to break this hex against North Carolina, do it now. Because it may be his last win for the rest of the year, because he's got Virginia Tech and Miami after that. And those aren't going to be easy games. I thought Miami was going to be a likely win for Pitt, like you know, a game where they would likely you know pull it off. But Miami just looked really good against Tech, the, you know, the other the other week. And Tech, obviously, unless Frank Beamer decides he wants to be a guest coach, um, that's you know, pretty much we're screwed there as well. But um, you know, obviously, the hot topic came to us, and that, the hot topic was um, tarping Heinz Field. I guess people are talking about on Twitter today. And, you know, tarping makes sense because it brings everybody down to the lower bowl when it fills up. And not to mention, Heinz Field just is too big for Pitt. And, of course, when they built Heinz Field, you know, it was 65,000, I believe, or 66. And the expectation was that at the time, Pitt was going to fill that stadium because, you know, Walt Harris had, you know, the, the program in the right direction. 
2000 just ended and Pitt, Pitt went seven and five, and they had a really you know really good product on the field. And of course, the next year, most of those good players were coming back, and you figured that the Pitt would uh, do something. And of course, they start out one and five, and that was the end of that. <clears throat> 2002, though, Pitt actually had a decent product. They had a really good team. I mean, they. And but uh, by the, by the end, I mean, the stand they filled up was the uh, backyard brawl. That's the only game that they really filled it up. But you know, the excitement was 2003, where Pitt had Larry Fitzgerald and that high flying offense, and you know, they were predicted to do big things that year. And you know, people forget that that year Pitt lowered its season tickets to sixty bucks. Which was pretty, which was a great idea because people just bought them up, and um, you know you got to go to you got to go watch Pitt play Kent State and from a, and from a packed stadium. I mean, it was filled up for for Kent. That's how awesome that was, and that's the you know, and that was the dream that Pitt had at the time. You know, when you know Steve Peterson was there in, in Nordenburg, that was her dream was to have that. And then by that time, it looked like the dream was realized. You know, but unfortunately, Pitt fell flat on their face that year. They finished eight and five, didn't live up to expectations. And, I'm ta- and, I, and I see on the cake, Larry Fitzgerald had a big year, and of course, the uh, local writers decided to vote for Jason White instead of uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and there was that. So, but um, I remember that year from you know pretty much you know. It was packed for Kent State. Syracuse was packed. I mean, I think we had fifty five thousand for that game. But yeah, Notre Dame. I mean, you also had Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and Miami at home. You had those three games at home. I mean, that's what made the you know made it awesome. So I mean, you know, you had a Heinz Heinz Field was almost capacity of those games. I mean, it was great. But uh, yeah, Pitt fell short. 2004, it was back to the old half-empty stadium. But they went to the BCS that year, so then the next year we had the Notre Dame game, and it was packed to the brim. Which, you know, they, they were selling stand- to the point where they were selling standing room seats. And, of course, Pitt fell flat on their faces in that game and for, pretty much for the rest of the season. And, you know, 2009, or they, ha- they had some momentum in 2009 where they were, where the stadium was you know, interest was starting to peak because Pitt was competing for a Big East title. Cincinnati, they fell flat, and that was that. And that, you know, been, pretty much it's been the way, the way for Pitt since because they fired once that, or he just left or was made to quit. But um, he was forced out, and then Todd Graham came in, and we had a plethora of six and six seasons. And that just pretty much, you know, Sums pretty much pit football up, you know, the whole story with the whole, you know, with Heinz Field. Years ago, you could have said, yeah, like a lot of people said, yeah, it didn't make sense to tarp it. It was, you know, attainable maybe to, you know, to pack, you know, the Pines again, but it really isn't now. I mean, you could, I mean, to be honest, you could probably charge, you could probably charge 10 bucks for season tickets and they're not going to fill up anything. I mean, I mean, they're probably giving them the tickets away for God's sakes. It happens. I mean, with a lot of programs. I mean, I went to a few Rice football games, and Rice, you know, staying when it was built back in the 50s, Rice was a powerhouse in the Southwest Conference. And that stadium was seated 70K, and that's what they got for those games. It was the hottest ticket in town. But, of course, the NFL came to Houston, and that was that. 
And of course, Rice, you know, things changed for them, you know, for their heyday. And they had a lot of mediocre football. And naturally, that stadium now is, I mean, the lower bowl was close. I mean, I mean, upper, the upper bowl, you know, the upper part of the stadium is still empty, but they tarped off parts of the lower bowl. And it, it was a 70,000 capacity stadium. Now it's 40,000. And I believe it's probably even less now because they. They destroyed half of the end zone, I guess the end zone part of it, and put a, uh, a, a practice facility. So, that's that. I mean, that's pretty much sums up all, all what's happened with the pits attending, attending woes. Uh, would it make sense to tarp it? Sure. I mean, of course, you're going to have fans, they're, they're going to bitch up in the upper level because they have to move down. And yeah, I mean, the upper level actually isn't, in Heinz isn't that bad because you got a good view of what's going on. That's what's great about being up in peanut heaven is uh, you get to see how the plays break down, how they, how they, how it all breaks out. So obviously you're going to miss that, but it just is what it is. I mean, hopefully they, they can do some for these guys. No, nah, maybe give them a free Big Mac, you know, for every game, you know, just get the, you know, hey, sorry we got to, you know, yank your season tickets from you from the upper deck, but here you get a Big Mac every game. Yeah, let's let's do that. No, free Big Mac and a free Coke. Free Coke at the games. Well, it depends what kind of Coke. I mean, it's the soft drink or a few or a few lines. It depends on how, you know how the season's going. But obviously, you know, um, as we move on, we got some. Well, we got a nice weekend of college football here. I mean, you know, obviously we got Pitt North Carolina tomorrow, where Pitt tries to get their quest for another bowl game. But Friday we got Pac-12. And it's not, and you know, the games, you know, depends on where you where you're at. I mean, I, it's not. It'll be nine thirty my time, ten thirty for Eastern. But you can, I mean, you can't really call Pac twelve after dark. But Washington ninth rank will face Stan. Will be at Stanford. I mean, Stanford. You know, they're six and three, five and two in the Pac twelve. They're not. They're not ranked for whatever reason. And they got Washington, who's eight and one, five and one. So, you know, they're ninth ranked Washington. So. Not sure if they'll ever get. Not sure if they'll make the college football playoff because nobody likes Pac-12 for some reason. And of course, we had a Pac-12 team in there last year, and you know we saw what happened. They got destroyed. So they'll be, it'd probably be more of the same. So that you know that starts off. Then Saturday we got 12th ranked Michigan State and 13th ranked Ohio State. Uh, this game's in Ohio State, so I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes to goes to the Buckeyes because. You know, Michigan State's had their run-ins with Ohio State. They've they've beat them in some, on some occasions, but you know, the Big Ten they seem to love Ohio State, and they probably gonna hold out hope that they you know if they can beat Michigan and jump back into the top ten. Who knows? But if you're a uh, Penn State fan, you got Rutgers this week. So pretty much after uh, going through two tough, losing to two tough opponents, you get Rutgers. So. Pitch, you know, Penn State should pretty much win that game easily because Rutgers is bad. I mean, they're four and five, three and three in Big Ten, obviously. So, I mean, they're showing some improvement, but they're obviously not the Jersey Power Rutgers that we remember. Speaking of that, whatever happened to Rutgers, Al? He was so good on those message boards with his postings and liking Rutgers to the 1985 Chicago Bears, and what ha- I don't know what happened to him. If you're in the Big Twelve, obviously. You got a nice game with Oklahoma State and Iowa State, and you know Iowa State lost a disappointing game to West Virginia, which pretty much hurt their uh, 
chances of com- contending for the Big 12, although it's per- it's per- the game's pretty much in Oklahoma's you know bag, to say the least. You know, as we scan down, Virginia Tech's got Georgia Tech this week, which should be an obviously decent game. Tech's been kind of, I mean, Georgia Tech's been kind of a disappointment this year. I think they should have more wins than what they have, and they just lost some disappointing games. I had to pause this for a second because the guy in his leaf blower came by in our complex. There's nothing more when you live in an apartment that angers you more than when you put your child to sleep. And the guy in a leaf blower comes by and ruins everything for you. Whatever you were doing and had hopes of doing, it gets ruined in one loud hiss. Obviously, the game in the SEC is uh, for number one, Georgia, and 10th ranked Auburn. And here we're going to find a lot about Georgia now. Because um, you know, Auburn, they're 5-1 in the SEC, and Georgia 6-0. and going to be a tough game. I like... I haven't really bought um, into Georgia yet. Because it seems like they really haven't... Well, they beat they actually beat Notre Dame barely. So I can't really say they haven't played anybody. But it's hard for me to buy, buy into them yet. But they're not a no, so I guess I should buy. But obviously that's the big matchup there. Auburn's 10th ranked. And then ACC, Florida State and Clemson, and that would that used to be an attractive game, but Florida State's bad this year, and Clemson should be have an easy one there. Uh, one big game here for the Big Ten, you got Iowa, 20th ranked against Wisconsin. This could be a tough game for Wisconsin because Iowa's, you know, Iowa's played, played some better competition, and they've played them tough. So, I mean, this is going to be your old, this is going to be an old-fashioned slug slugfest between these two teams. So if you like power football and tough defense, this is going to be a game you're going to, you're going to love. If you love fullbacks, tight ends, whatever else, blocking combinations, yep, here. So for this week, I mean, there's a ton of games this week. I mean, a lot of them are early games, obviously. Most of those games I, I, I went through the list for you guys. Most of those games are early in the day, and yet you know, and you have you know, other others are like three o'clock. But obviously, tonight, you know, Saturday night we're spoiled, absolutely spoiled, because at seven, you know, at seven o'clock Central Time or eight o'clock Central Time, you got two football games going. You got Notre Dame and Miami, a sequel of Catholics versus Convicts, and then you got sixth ranked TCU at at fifth ranked Oklahoma. Two really good games, and both of, both of these games obviously are, are going to determine what happens next in the college football playoff of four, because Miami's seventh ranked, Notre Dame's three, and uh, you know, obviously Notre Dame will have a lot to lose if they lose this game. They'll drop out. TCU and Oklahoma... This game is pretty much going to determine who goes to the who, who goes to the college football playoff. Although there although there is a twist though with bit with the Big Twelve, there is a um, championship game this year. So these two could possibly face each other off again. You never know. I mean, two big games there. I mean, I think Notre Dame is going to take care of Miami. I believe you know Miami's run is going to come to an end. I mean, they've had a heck of a run this year. I just don't think they have it to keep up with Notre Dame. 
but it'll be a good game. TCU and Oklahoma, I think it's going to go to Oklahoma. They're the flavor of the month. They love Baker Mayfield, and people love Oklahoma. So I see that. You know, I see the same result there. But anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. You all enjoy a nice weekend of college football. It's going to be a great one. We got Pitt tomorrow, and then we got the whole time to enjoy it. So how to Pitt. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.